Welcome to the Entrepreneur Academy with your hosts, Nick Dutton of Engage Finance and James Cross from Crossover Property on this episode of the Entrepreneur Academy. I saw one funny funny video recently where uh, there was someone on like a 20 person Zoom call and there was a guy there who didn't realise his camera was on who was completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> so he got up to go to the toilet and they were shouting at him through the camera. That's a tip to everyone then, don't do that. But now, here are your hosts, Nick and James. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Academy uh, with both myself and Jim. Hello everyone. This is a whole new project for us. We're now live on Zoom, so we're live on video and on audio, which is not something we've ever done before, but we can take this forward for our new guests, I'm sure. Considering the, uh, the current climate, we uh, have to uh, be forcing new technologies. We're recording this one today to, to launch on Friday. It's only the 9th of April today, so... Um, hot off the press, we thought we'd do a quick chat about the current scenarios, the market, where we were before, what we're doing now, and where we might see the property market going and sort of business in general going once hopefully all this blows over and we can go back to a bit of normality. So Jim, just just give us a sort of where were you before, what was going on before all this yeah. slipped off? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose, you know, if we look back like four weeks ago, um, before anything really started to happen in the UK, um, for me, my business was like going pretty mental. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I was just in the process of about to hiring another member of staff um, to help with admin and office office work um, because we were getting busy and, you know, I wanted to expand a bit more. So it was great. Um I was starting to be aware of what was going on, obviously with the COVID situation, because I've got one or two clients in China and Hong Kong, um, okay. and they'd mentioned issues over there. But you, when it's not anywhere near you, you don't think about anything that's going on. It doesn't really affect you or uh, stuff like that. So we just sort of carried on as normal. Um, and then obviously week by week, everything started getting updated, and you know it started uh, affecting the UK more. Um, I mean, how was business for you, Nick, you know, before this, this kind of really started affecting us? Yeah, similar to you, really. We we'd obviously expanded. We've taken on a new office in Market Harbour um, to try and sort of cover a bit more over towards Northampton and the south. Um, we've got offices based in Nottingham and in, and in Leeds. So we'd, we'd sort of got most of the, the country from mid upwards covered from a face-to-face point of view but not a lot going south. So we were trying to expand into that. And again, similar to you, really, we were looking to take on sort of an admin type role into, um, into the office where I am. And, you know, it, it just all changed overnight, really, with, with what was happening. Um, I mean, for, for an update from me, is <laughs> the problem we're having is, and what's causing a lot of the issue, is valuers can no longer do face-to-face or, or real valuations. And a lot of what we are, what we do, and what we specialise in is the quirky style stuff. So desktop valuations aren't really a thing. Now, for standard buy-to-let stuff, um, a lot of the, you know, personal name buy-to-let lenders, the likes of BM Solutions, the Mortgage Works, Coventry, all those sort of people are, are tending to do desktop valuations now. So we are busy with single name portfolios where they're actually looking to potentially pull some of the equity out of it and take advantage of what may be coming around the corner that we'll talk about in a bit. 
Um, so that's what we're busy with at the moment. But yeah, beforehand, we had a lot of refurb projects going through, a lot of flips lined up, all those sort of standard funding things that are just just come to an absolute halt. As you know, you know, you wouldn't want to venture into a flip right now. No, I think we've discussed off off grid. I had a had a property I was going to buy um, for a flip, and we, yeah. we pulled out of it because it's far too risky in, in the market and know what's going on. Absolutely. Um, obviously, it's going to annoy the vendor a bit, but ultimately, I have to you know protect ourselves from from spending money on a property and investing in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's not there. Something that I've spoke to quite a few clients about what they're worried about, and I and I think from a um, you know, we're all human and we're all going through the same situation. So I don't think it's something to worry about. But a lot of people are now worried that they've pulled out of deals and that's going to affect their relationship with estate agents. Have you sort of thought about that or do you not? Think yeah, I think it's, I think you have to kind of, um, as long as the estate agent, you explain the reason for doing so, it shouldn't be yeah. so bad. Um, so this particular estate agent on this property, we've, we brought two, yeah, two properties. And this would be the third property we brought through them. Okay. Uh, and this was before the UK went on lockdown and kind of made this decision with them. And I said, look, this is going to have a massive effect on the property market. Things are going to be affected. This was when everyone was sort of pretty much working as normal. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll be right. We'll be fine. Um, and I explained it all to her and said, look, we, we cannot go ahead. Apologies yeah. and all this stuff. And, you know, lo and behold, a week or two later, um, the government are telling people not to exchange, not, not to complete on properties. You see, obviously, the lending side has been pulled. And I said, yeah. And then I rang it back and I said, look, you know, hopefully there are things vendor, but I was right. The market's now going to have a change until we come out of it in some respects and start. I don't think we'll return to normality because the normal will, normality will change. It's still yes. different yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, being now allowed to go back to work and, you know, start getting outside and um, the property market progressing, it's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it does, it stops everything, doesn't it, really? You know, there's no estate agents to do viewings. There's no lenders, even if you are looking to buy. Um, it's potentially a a cash buyer's market at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we, we've got another purchase going through as a commercial purchase with a commercial agent. Um, and I rang him and said, look, we were supposed to complete last week. And I mm. said, look, and, he, and I said, well, obviously with the current climate, we, well, you know, Nick, we also had some issues with the lender. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, who've now said they don't want to give us the money for the six weeks because there's just too much uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been around and he knows the market. He said, look, that's absolutely fine. I totally yeah. understand. Um, vendor still wants to sell it to you. Just just let us know when we can complete. And he's completely right. relaxed with that all, which is brilliant. You know, it's not a vendor who, mm. and this is why I like working sometimes with commercial property because their investors themselves, they're not yes. a homeowner who's yeah. stressed and worried about selling the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's not necessarily, necessarily that attachment to it, it's just an investment. Exactly. Do you still think there's going to be the opportunity to take on people then soon, or is that sort of, has it knocked you back quite a bit? We've come to a bit of a standstill in some areas of the business, but other sides, we're still, we're still busy, we're still on with things as much mm. as we can be. Um, Obviously, when the UK got told to go officially in lockdown, I had to sort of basically say, well, that's it. All projects and all construction sites, you know, building and refurb, and then completely stop and pause mm. uh, just until we found out a bit more information because, you know, there's, there's various different aspects of it. There's the moral aspect, there's, you know, the help and safety side. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, I mean, most of the clients, I think, completely understand that projects have to just 
stop and be paused, which puts strain on them because they're on bridging finance and various mm-hmm. other things. And it's frustrating, but it's kind of the situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, now, so that's that side. I mean, we're still doing a lot of project management. We're still going through a lot of systems and, and that side of things. And, and it's, it's almost given us a good chance to catch up with stuff and, and yeah. bolster our processes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, Strange times, I guess. It is. It is. So going back in, so well, talking more about the logistics of the business, and it's something we've we've spoke about before with with us both being business owners. The, the thing around, you know, like you said, the the moral aspect of it in terms of staying open, the staffing and furlough aspects. So, have have you sort of furloughed your guys? What how how are you working that side of things? Yeah, so at the minute, um, I haven't furloughed anyone. Um, both my guys are still working as normal. Uh, okay. From home, I'll be yeah. it. So um, it, was, it was a really weird situation. We were, we were all kind of on standby. Like I said, look, we're, we're probably going to lock down soon. You better get your stuff ready and get it, you know, so you've got it back at home. Like yeah. Your laptop and stuff. And that was a weird situation. It was almost like waiting for something bad to happen. Like, it was. Work from home. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's bizarre that was, but um, yeah, I think you know one was probably coping better than the other working from home. Um, okay, but um, yeah, you know they're, they're getting used to that, and you know they're still still working. It's you know it's difficult not being able to see them and you know, chat with them as much. But, yeah, um, yeah. The minute I've got no reason to furlough anyone because there's still there's still plenty of work they can get on with. Um, okay. But then it was a question of how long we're going to be locked down for if that affects it. If it's going to be another month or two, then I may have to review that. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's the uncertainty behind it that's causing yeah. a lot of the issues. Because we're we're in the same thing is from a you know a, being director, uh, we're joint directors of the business. So you know you can you, I think you can only really furlough one because of the way it should be structured. Um, what roles they can do and, and the line and, and one thing that we've sort of talked about and a lot of other businesses will be going through the same thought process is whether it affects the reputation of the business if you do sort of go into furlough I don't know if that's something you've thought about and perhaps why you're staying open yeah I've had a few people sort of talk about that and I think it I think it, I think it depends on your business to be honest yeah uh, like for me, I mean, my my project manager works for me. He's he's still got loads of stuff going on because we've still got projects that need a lot of planning side of things. We need to run financials on them. We need to get stuff into planning. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, there's a lot of processes we can improve on as well. Uh, and basically, as soon as we come back fully, then we know exactly what we're doing. We've got a program that works and everything's ready to go. Because at the minute as well, we are we are doing a little bit of work on the sites here and there. Um, there was some late, there was some government guidelines came out last week about construction sites and what we can and can't do. So we are technically allowed to work on sites subject to various guidelines. Okay. The issues we still have as a business are people don't want to work because they want to self-isolate, mm-hmm. um, which is which is perfectly understandable. No yeah. pressure on everyone. Then I've got one or two guys who want to work but can't because we can't buy materials from anywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. That, that's the massive challenge. And, and on some sites, you can't, you can only, whereas sometimes you might have three, four people on one site, you now only allow one, maybe two, if there's yeah. enough distance. Yeah. Um, 
So we're probably where we were before, 100% capacity, we had everything running, we're now at probably 10 or 20% capacity of what we can actually do. Right. Um, so we're literally just trying to gently push things forward, but the, the progress is painfully slow. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. From, from running a business aspect, I think a lot of people, a lot of business can sort of ride it out if it's only going to be one or two months. You know, we, you know yeah. we've, we're both, and you are as well, we're both sort of business-minded, so you realise you've got to have this cash flow. Cash flow is key. You've got yeah. to have pots of money set aside for scenarios that you aren't necessarily predicting. Um, and if a business has run well enough, then I think you can ride it out. But like you say, some people are saying it could be September, October. That's where it starts to become a bit sort of squeaky bum time. And and again, a lot of people are in the same sort of boat. But I think where it's affecting us is it's taken us a good two years that we've been running to build up a pipeline of business. Yeah, and yeah. Now, we're now relying on that pipeline to stay open. It's probably similar for you. And that was what allowed us to grow as a business. And now we're just using that to live on rather than grow. Yeah, yeah, which is annoying, I guess, because you yeah. build it up and it sort of starts trickling down again. I think there's going to be a lot of businesses go bust. Yeah. Which is a shame. But there's going to be potential there, again, that we'll touch on after, but a lot of potential for, for those that can ride it out to really hit the ground running once we're back open. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, we, we probably started our businesses similar time about two years ago. And yeah. I think we're quite fortunate in the point we have actually built it up to a level where now this has come along where we were affected. Yes. But if, if I, I know for me, if I was where I was a year, year and a half, two years ago, absolutely. It basically wiped me out. Completely. Yeah, completely. Yeah. You know, which, which I think, you know, it's really sad because I love people, I love seeing people starting new businesses and becoming entrepreneurs and, you know, all this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And they just start that, they've just left their job and they've just put money into a business and yeah. this happens. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Um, it is. It is. And I think that's what that's, you know, looking back on, we tried to give tips to, to uh, young entrepreneurs that are starting out and actually now is realized that the biggest one of the biggest tips is you know you've got to prepare for the worst because you never know what that worst is going to be but at the moment it, it is the worst because business i mean for me a lot of business like you say your business goes from 100 percent running to about 10 or 20 percent yeah and that just knocks on and that's going to take a good six months to bounce back out of on the other side yeah, totally, totally. I mean, I think, you know, some businesses in this market have done, you know, still doing all right, or if not better yeah. than before. Some yeah. are completely dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I know one or two people, and you probably heard the same thing, like service accommodation, mm. um, bookings being cancelled, and basically people's businesses going bust overnight because that's the only income stream they've had. Absolutely, um, yeah. Which, you know, it, 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 one big thing I'd say to people is, when you build a business up, you, you know, you generally do focus on one thing in the beginning, but as you start to, to grow and get through that growth period or, or building the business, start trying to diversify a little bit. Yes, 100%. Um, I know, think that's, that's something I've not done, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, without the income stream from the mortgage brokerage, I've not really got any other income stream, mm. um, which is something now that actually 
you know, these setbacks and knockbacks, you, you do sit back and think, okay, next time I need to be more ready for this and have potential streams of income from different angles, you know. And, and this is one thing is where you look at it and go, right, I need to have an income stream that's not face-to-face because I don't think this is going to go away quickly. No, no, I, I don't. And, and who's to say people think it goes where we start, they start releasing, you know, this lockdown measures and then suddenly it comes back again and yep. we've got to go in lockdown for longer. Yeah, all this time next year when we think we're over it and it suddenly appears again like, like the flu does. All we can do from it is learn and, and try and think, well, yeah, how do we kind of bolster our businesses and make sure we're, we're strong? And I think, you know, even from the point of view, if you didn't have multiple streams, uh, as a business, you've got some liquid cash behind you. It's yeah. rainy day. You're not, you're not living hand to mouth every month. No. Because um, that's when things start getting dangerous. And you know, uh, I mean, we've had one company who run into liquidation, um, and this was like the final straw for them, basically. Right. Um, which has affected us as a business as well, but it's it's dangerous, you know, when you're right on the edge and then something like this happens, it's just, you've gone. It's the last thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but that takes, like you say, that takes years to build that up. Yeah. Like, like even, even a year ago, if I look at our books a year ago, you know, this would have just killed us and be gone. So it's, uh, it is a shame that there's going to be a lot of new businesses that go down the drain. So something that I've not, I've, I've not found hard, but something that obviously has an impact is around sort of mental side and mindset. How are you finding that side of things? Yeah, so I think, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, everyone's going to take this how they take it. I mean, I've I've always been very independent. I've always lived on my own most of the time. Mm. Uh, so, and I quite like being on my own at times as well. So yeah, actually, yeah, that. At the minute, I've been, I've been coping all right. Um, I think obviously there's a few things that are annoying, not being able to get out and do various bits. But yeah. ultimately, I've... I've always um, always got something on, or I'm always thinking about something. Um, people who know me, who know me well, would always say. I always sometimes say this: is only boring people get bored. Um, okay. Yeah, I like that. I think it's very true because yeah, you know yeah. people sitting at home going, "I'm bored." I was like, "Well, how can you be bored?" There's, I mean, I think of lo- I always think of loads of stuff I could be doing. Yeah, I think I could be. I've got a shelf full of books still to read. Yeah, yeah. nothing. If I didn't have a business, I'd be sitting there reading. Yeah, um, true. So yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing you've got to be careful of in this in this climate. You know, if you're stuck at home all the time, and I mean, I have I have had it, and you kind of lose what what time is in reality, yes. what day of the week it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm always pretty structured anyway, so I think you know with people trying to not get lost in it, you actually have some structure to your day still. Yeah, um, and trying to keep normality, whatever that is. I think it's routine, isn't it? Is key, yeah. and, and people find it hard to adapt to new routines. I think that's what's causing a lot of issues. That's the hardest part I've found is trying to stick to a routine. Definitely, um, not not end up just lying in bed and get up and like it's a weekend, I guess. Like it's a weekend every day. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I had that the first the first week we were in lockdown. I was I was actually due to go skiing. All yes. Yeah. And part of me was annoyed because I was like, well, I can't go skiing now. So I thought, sod it, I'm just going to have a day off of not doing anything because I'm supposed to be away anyway. Um, and the problem is that slips into one day to two days to yeah. to the week. And yeah. I know like my, my brother, for example, lives in a shared house and he's he said it's great because he gets still to interact with a lot of people. Of course, yeah. Um, 
you know, I mean, I don't know how, how you find that, if, you know, how you're coping with things. Well, we, we've got um, five of us here. So it's um, it's quite nice in that sense. Um, and a few, a, st- a st- couple are still going out to work um, in sort of essential roles. So, you know, there's a mix and match of, of who's in at certain times and um, got plenty of sort of business to be getting on on with and you know the weather's nice you know if you're thinking right i'm going to do some gardening for an hour it doesn't really matter does it it's it's about keeping active keeping the routine um take the dog out do a bit of exercise all those sort of things um are what keeps your your brain active so so with the obviously the business is reduced to like sort of 10 20 percent what other things are you doing now to sort of hopefully make you ready you've sort of talked about systems and things like that so so yeah, yeah, just trying to take, take the time to, well, one thing was catching up on messages and emails that I yeah. necessarily apply to. Yeah. Um, and because I, cause I, that's why I was hiring an office manager, because I knew it was my weakness. I was starting to have quite a bad lead, just getting bogged, just not catching up with stuff. Yeah. So now I've got my own time to do it. I'm doing that and um, spend a couple of days solid just on accounting and getting mm-hmm. that back up to scratch across a few different businesses. But less so actually just doing it but also creating a process around it for myself and a business partner and a bookkeeper um, okay. just to help the reporting side of it as well going forward and it's quite rewarding when, when you when it's one of those things you've always been meaning to do it's important but not urgent i think that's yeah. because maybe we make it not urgent you don't want to do it totally it's, it's always your own mindset of, of yes. when what what is urgent so yeah i've been, been doing a lot of that i've been been reading a bit as well recently again enjoy the summer the sun a bit yeah absolutely yeah only an hour, only, 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 an hour. only an hour and only once you step <laughs> out the door again that's it you get shot yeah. <laughs> and listening to podcasts of course yeah doing that to be fair i have actually been doing that and then it's a bit naive and hypocritical because not naive hypocritical because I never really used to listen to that many podcasts, despite having yeah. one. Um, but now I quite often have one, li- listen to one or two a day, um, just in the yeah. background, which is quite nice. Um, just even little things like you're out gardening or go out for a walk, put that in the earphones, and you sort of lose yourself in the content, and it's uh, it's quite a good thing. There's two ways you can go in these scenarios. Is one you can kind of bury your head in the sand a little bit and you, you can sit on your sofa watching Netflix every day which yeah. I don't give a ride, I have a little bit of that at times yeah. um, but you know you, you can do that and kind of just treat this as a holiday or you choose as a really good opportunity to, to knuckle down with, with various things get your plans in place mm-hmm. um, I mean another thing I found really useful is being away from distractions yes. um, you know on a, on a typical day I used to be getting I don't know 20, 30, 40, 50 phone calls and you should have to do anything now. It's, it's, I'm lucky to get a handful of people call me a day. So yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I can sit and focus and get on with stuff, um, which is quite a nice feeling. It's, it's almost like when I was working weekends, I used to do the focus kind of jobs because I wasn't distracted. And now most days feel like that. Well, that's so, why yeah. I've, I've sort of brought myself into the refer project that we've got going on. Hence the wood behind mm-hmm. us. But bring myself <laughs> in here, then it's just out the way. I've got a comment on it about because um, everyone's now going to start to get to this this scenario about everyone's uh, everyone's hair. Oh Christ! Right, <laughs> so, it was a like, massive regret. <laughs> not not necessarily the haircut, but the, the regret was not getting it done before lockdown. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not something people thought about, was it? Like, I had planned to, and um, I was walking into where my office is, and there's a barber's on the way, and I thought, perfect. And, I was thinking, and as I got closer, I'm seeing people all around there thinking, what the hell? It's only half eight. And the yeah. queue, there was about 20 people in the queue at half yeah, eight, yeah. ready for when the door opened at nine. And I thought, oh, God, okay, I'm not going to be queuing in that. So I went in the office for a bit, came out at 11, and it was shut. So they were obviously just doing nine till 11 or something that I wasn't aware of. I thought, oh, no, missed my chance. So, uh, yeah, luckily we had some razors in the house. <laughs> and uh, just, just felt like a sheep being shorn, just uh, straight off. It's all right, it'll grow back. It'll grow yeah, back. it'll grow back. Yeah. Shows off the receding parts. And I mean, I must have a confession to make. I mean, I, I've, I've done mine. I did, I did do it last week because it uh, didn't grab me. And obviously, those on the podcast um, who are listening and can't see it, go on to our Facebook uh, page, Entrepreneur Academy, and you can you can have a look at us. Yes, um, and have a laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, you're just all right, to be fair. When I was, it must be like 18, 19, 20, when I first moved away and started living on my own, and I was yeah. like trying to live as cheap as possible, I used to cut my own hair. Okay. Um, and I've still Freaked got the same clippers. I thought, I, I want to go and get, I, wanna, I need a haircut. I got, I don't have long hair, so I thought, I wonder if I've still got them clippers. And I found yeah. them. Nice. I thought, and they still work. And I was like, okay, I'll just shave. You know, shave my hair off again. Yeah, why not? Because um, my, 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 my reason for it is 20 quid a haircut. I think Clippers cost me about 20 quid, 20 quid about 10 yeah. years ago. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, my theory was no one's going to see me. And then the day after, what do I do? Set up a load of Zoom calls, obviously, because that's the, the best <laughs> logic there. <laughs> really sensible, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, obviously everyone's now, you know, looking to do Zoom calls and video calls, which is great. Uh, it still keeps communication. And, I mean, there's various funny videos because everyone seems to have time in their hands now. So yes. I saw one funny funny video recently where uh, they were somewhere on like a 20-person Zoom call and there's a guy there who didn't realise his camera was on who was completely naked. <laughs> <laughs> so he got up to go to the toilet and they were shouting at him through the camera. Oh, no. Uh, that's a tip to everyone then. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Wear clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what, what sort of potentially are you seeing... If, when all this blows over, if an investor said to you, you know, what would you be focusing on now, ready to hit the ground running? So I think, I think like, like you might said earlier, is cash is king in a minute. If you've yeah. got a decent pot of liquid cash available, there's, there's going to be some good deals coming up. Mm, absolutely. Going to um, and I think you, you have to be careful what you buy and what you go for and I think no one really knows how the market's going to get affected if it's going to be three months six months yeah um, my personal prediction and you heard it here first um, <laughs> is I think we'll we'll kind of be on this slowdown for the next three months okay. then people will start getting into the market and then it'll start dipping again yeah and it will only start coming back out next year uh, with prices going back up okay um my personal feeling is, and it's kind of what I've been doing more of recently, is commercial, commercial conversion style projects. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we look at the valuations of them. Like we've had two projects which are coming back still strong on valuations recently. Yeah. Because they're generally based on the rental income, not yes. the actual asset. And yeah. if there's a downturn, rents don't really change. If anything, they go up. Absolutely. Um, 
so that's kind of my my view on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't want to find standard residential houses for flipping at the minute. From what I'm sort of reading and seeing, most of a lot of people are worried about commercial. Yeah, um, I think that's going to take the biggest hit because some people are expecting the drop in value of about twenty five percent on commercial, okay. which is is massive and. Um, that's 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 the flavour I'm getting from um, commercial lenders for sure. We've got a few commercial um, investment and owner occupier sort of projects going through of just sit and hold commercial, and Interbay have pulled out the market completely. They were a known commercial lender. Shawbrook now have said that they won't do any owner occupier uh, commercial. Okay. I.e., if you're a business looking to buy your premises, they won't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's plenty, you know, the banks, the high street banks, when they're never really competitive anyway because they tend to be low loans of value and capital repayment rather than interest only. But yeah. even they are being overly cautious at the moment because that's what they're seeing is dropping the biggest. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think, I think there's, the, I don't, I personally don't think the property market will drop. I think it will just become quite um, stale in the fact that there's going to be a lot of the stock that's still out there now and before this happened will still be on the market for a long time after. Um, And those new stuff, which, you know, as horrible as it sounds, there is going to be new stuff. And it may be the older generation style properties that are a bit run down that are going to come to the market. They are going to be the ones that are potentially going to be the where the where the opportunities lie in my opinion wouldn't look to flip them no no i think you know even if you look at what's going to happen in the next three months with people selling the house or selling or buying general residential houses is mm. a lot of people are being affected by this through yeah. work and, you know income and all that and there's uncertainty and i don't think people are now going to be wanting to move house in the next no. three months because Agreed. You know, you know, especially even if you look at from a residential mortgage point of view, they want to see your past three months pay slips, and some people being made redundant or furloughed, and yep. have that affect it all. And there's all these things um, that come about, and it take a while to stabilise for sure. I suppose from my kind of business side of things, that I've still got a couple of my own investments going forward. I've got projects with clients I've still got going to deliver this year. Yeah. Um, so I've got a decent pipeline of. of work available for this year to, to see me through mm-hmm. um, you know it all, it's all going to get done and it's all you know kind of unaffected in some respects um, the key thing for us is when the actual build projects can start really getting back to back to normal and yeah. progressing that's the thing that's annoying me at the minute that's what's going to have an impact on it as well um, when you can actually get a refurb team back in to do them from an investor's market I think it's going to be um, there's going to be a lot of opportunities because a lot of people are going to be put off by this. Yeah. The newer, newer investors are going to be thinking, right, that's, that's really not me for six. You know, I can imagine there's a lot of people now on bridging products or mid refurb or whatever that are now thinking, wow, okay, this is really hitting hard um, at the wrong time. Um, and I, for sure, if, it, if I was doing my first flip project and this hit, it would, it would certainly knock me back a few steps in terms of confidence wise. So I think there's going to be opportunities for there for investors to, to run with. I also think there's going to be a lot of portfolio landlords out there that this is the final straw. 
with the tax changes that happened recently and, and uh, Section 24 with them not being able to get returns, all those sort of things. Of This is now just going to be the final straw. And I think there'll be a lot of potential there to to just buy and sit and hold style buy-to-let properties. I've seen it with a few investors when, when this started coming about three or four weeks ago and the stock market kind of crashed a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it did have an effect on myself because we had one investor who was lending us um, you know, a fair chunk of money towards a project. And yeah. All that money he had was in a savings account that was associated with like a, um, a stocks account. Yeah. And of course, it just dropped by 30%. Yeah. Um, which is annoying because then it's from his point of view and also from ours because that money he has, he's now got to leave it in the stock market to try and regain it back in however many years mm. because it, as soon as you take it out, then you actually incur those losses. But the, the safe way of doing it, keep it in there and hoping it comes back. Mm, but it, it goes to show, like, I mean, for me, I'd say don't have all your money in the stock market and have, you know, put it into property. It's a lot safer and more secure. Absolutely. I, I was just going to say that then it might open up people's eyes to actually start investing their savings into people like yourself to, to run safer projects because yeah. property is, is less um, volatile than what stocks and shares can be for sure. Um, and if, you know, it's right for them to piggyback off the experience that you've got and it'd be a safer investment. So hopefully I think that will open the doors to a lot more investors coming out on the market. And who's to say in four weeks, eight weeks that some of the lenders start, you know, relaxing their, their criteria a bit again and, and saying, you know, there's still, there'll still be lending out there, won't there? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still lending now um, for the right sort of project. The bridging finance market is, is the, the way I see it is, with bridging finances, obviously what their funding is is more risky, which is why they charge a premium for it, because in essence they are lending on a, on, on a property that's usually run down or is usually a property A type and being converted to property B type, whether that be renovated or not. And if there's no refurb team that can come in and do that now and things go wrong for that investor, they're going to be left with the property that it is from the start. Um, and then they're going to be left with the with the problems pick up because it's going to be a property they can't do anything with it. So that market is definitely closed for new business, uh, other than a, a select few. So there's a lot of bridges are also backed, and their funding pots are either wealthy families that have you know got large chunks of money that they put in gives to these bridges who give them a, a great return, almost like on a peer to peer basis. Or there's those that are linked to bigger banks and they sort of buy the money off banks and then lend it out at a higher price because they're taking a risk. So their their money pot is a lot safer and a lot bigger that they can access all the time, whereas other bridging finances are, are a lot less. So that's that's what's happening there. Which, as you know, you've got a couple of projects going through that the, the the bridge we won't mention, but is still happy to go ahead with it. Which which is good because, you know, part of me thinks, well, I'm getting a bit worried about this, but, yeah, I mean, ultimately, people are still lending. It's yeah. still happening, which is, which is great. Um, yeah. You know. I, think, I think the market, the investment lender market will definitely change. I think there are going to be a few lenders that pull out completely, if I'm honest, yeah. the way I'm seeing it go. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of bridging companies that pull out the market completely and won't come back. Um, I think there's going to be a few term lenders that do the same. 
I think peer-to-peer platforms, you know, the likes of Funding Circle and uh, Crowd Property and all those sort of people are going to struggle because yeah. if you've got any sense about you, um, would you be investing your money into a platform like that at the moment? Probably not because what they tend to fund is refer projects. They don't do any long-term sit-and-hold type stuff. They do the HMO conversions, buy-to-let flips, all those sort of things is what they fund. Yeah. And if, if, if I had 100 grand and someone said, uh, do you want to invest in this? I'd be going, no thanks. I'd be pulling my money out. So I think those platforms are going to really struggle. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where I see it going, but it could all change overnight. Yeah, I say it's you know I think it's just the uncertainty, isn't it? Everyone, everyone's yes. just in the same boat, not exactly knowing usually what's going on. It's taking it week by week, isn't it? It is. It is. I, I think for you, from a because what you do is quite specialist in, in terms, of you you don't really tend to do a, a a small flip or a terrace and buy to let type stuff. You tend to do your commercial conversions or conversions to a HMO. I think that demand is still going to be there. Because another thing that I've not touched on yet is there's going to be potentially a lot of families that are not able to afford their houses. And I think there's going to be an option there to, to buy those to help out families that are struggling to pay their mortgage because they haven't got the income. There's going to be opportunities there, but also opportunities for them needing rental property. Double whammy for investors. One thing I did... Uh clients today on HMOs is just from a letting agent I was speaking to earlier in the week and yeah. because generally with HMOs especially working class tenants they're, they're usually in and out of the time they're working night shifts one's working day shifts and they don't actually see each other a lot yeah um, as you're saying she's had, she's had more call outs and more issues this last week because every tenant oh, is home yeah. and they can't work and obviously they start getting on top of each other if they don't get on well yeah um, which is, I never really thought about that. I guess that's where the big HMOs are having having problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you've got, you know, six, seven, eight bed HMO where you've got all those people in one house and none of them have to go out to work, none of them are going mm. out as much, they're all there to don't get on well with each other, where they're just stuck, stuck in a room on their own. It's a lot different to having a flat or a house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, but there's pros and cons, you know, you could look at it, if they get on well with other people, they've got the interaction, but yeah, it's a strange, strange old world. Someone actually touched on that. Do you think HMO legislation will change now on the back of this? Room size is getting bigger, shared lounges, those sort of things. I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I mean, I think they're pretty strict already with, with things like this. Um, uh, it'd be very difficult to kind of, to stay. I mean, I think... The only thing on that side is having living space in there, yeah. um, which they do really have in the uh, amenity standards. There's the, the kitchen space, the dining space, and then the living space, uh, which links with the size of the bedroom as well. Okay. So they already have something in place, but it's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they change it too dramatically, dramatically no. because no. you can't retrospectively go back on the HMOs as well. But I can imagine there are a lot of HMOs landlords out there that are running poor HMOs and you just you just feel sorry for people like, especially in that situation now where they're in a four meter squared room stuck in there for days upon days and you think wow okay four meters squared well you know I bet there's whatever small HMO rooms out there that someone's yeah. selling off 
Yeah, true, true. I mean, if it was for me, if it was a two for two room, I, I could literally lie down on it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was a slight exaggeration, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Maybe it will show now that the good the good landlords will get some positive press, hopefully. Because HMO landlords yeah. has always been one that's um, hit and miss with the press, isn't it, really? Yeah, they just hate them. Yeah, basically. They take, they take the 1% of the really bad landlords and the bad property and then they showcase it. They forget that, I mean, we know in the circles we're in that there are a lot of great landlords and Absolutely. great properties out there. Yeah. People who actually care. Yeah. Um, but they don't talk about it. We'll call it a day there. Hopefully there was some content in there. Uh, we just thought we'd give an update on how things are going for our business. Um, hope you're all staying safe. And if there's anything you want to get covered off, feel free to comment on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram when we when we post this um, video. And then if you are watching the video and haven't found us on podcast streams, we're on all of them, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Stitcher. Stitcher, yeah. Dozer, I think, is one. Anyway, there's, there's loads. We're on all of them. Uh, feel free to drop us a follow. Listen to the others we've got on there. We've had a quite a mixture of uh, interviews from uh, property to Bitcoin to mindset to everything. Um, feel free to check it out. So, uh, yeah, stay safe, everyone, and uh, wish you all the best during these strange times. See you all again soon. This is the Entrepreneur Academy. If you have a question, use the hashtag the Entrepreneur Academy.